Fort Greene, Brooklyn. This is View From 202, a New York Red Bulls fan podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and direct from our website, viewfrom202.com. Well, all is lost. After an entire summer, all the way from the early days of July, where losing felt impossible and a slow lurch towards victory seemed assured, everything came tumbling down in the second week of November, and we were left hopeless and wondering what the hell happened yet again. Of course, the New York Red Bulls have lost 2-1 at home to the Montreal Impact, have left the playoffs definitively and finally for the 2016 season. And we here at View from Tour 2 are here to pick up the pieces. I am Britt, joined by Alex Peaches Chang. Hello. In studio. And from the frigid north, or just upstate New York, Sam Place. Live from Saratoga Springs. Wow. Hello. So there's a bit of a delay on this one. Sorry, everyone. There was uh, it's It's been a busy week <laughs> um, with the election after... Uh, the game on Tuesday and uh, a lot, just a lot of other stuff, not even related yeah. to the election. Um, we are not happened. able to, to record basically until now. Um, I so, had to watch Harry Potter. Like, yeah. Oh, the new one. Yeah. Um, so we apologize that we're like, what, a week and a half out now? Um, but it has, it has produced the kind of weird result now that we're not, we're not perhaps so uh, depressed about the result as we might have been the day after the coldest takes in history yeah these are gonna be nice cold takes on uh, (laughs) on the day when or i guess it's like the second day now where it just very suddenly started snowing and being shitty we have even colder takes (laughs) to keep you company um part of that also is that uh with the election results i'm I'm much less comparatively concerned about the red bulls now than i was (laughs) on november 7th um but that said, let's let's talk about the game. The Rebels lose at home. Uh, they lose for the second time in a row overall. They lose both games in the series after not losing since July 3rd. Um, we lose uh, after a first half that showed, you know, tepid promise at the beginning. Gonzalo Verón, who was starting for the first time in who knows how long, uh, forced a nice quality, typical Red Bulls high press Turnover in their own box, in Montreal's own box. Can you say Alex Mule-like? <laughs> Alex Mule-esque. <laughs> um, from Gonzalo, it was Mucho Trabajo. Um, and he, he draws a penalty on Evan Bush that is just a, a stonewall penalty. Uh, Montreal doesn't doesn't debate, um, doesn't contest too fiercely. Uh, all around, just a solid bit of play there. Um, Sasha Klestrin steps up and... Fires it straight into Evan Bush's hands. It gets deflected out of the side, and nothing comes of it. We don't score on the rebound. We don't score in the corner afterwards. This is what our our makes it so we missed, I think, all but one penalty this year. Maybe all but two. Our, our dismal 2016 penalty record continues. Um, and that that was uh, all the action really with the first half as, as far as scoring chances. We go into the break zero zero. Only for the Montreal Impact to come out and score first in this game in the 50th minute, uh, where Nacho Piotti has the ball on his own left side. He beats Chris Duval, takes a step, and uh, fires it off Luis Robles' hand into the net. Robles was already diving left somewhat, and uh, 
Piatti actually kind of shot it straight at where Robles was. Um, Not a good look for Luis Robles, I have to say. Not a good look for Chris Duvall either. Um, However, me personally, I'm more uh, prone to go a little softer on Duvall because he did push Piatti out wide and not from a spect. It wasn't a spectacular angle, and it really goes off of Robles' one-handed in the roof of the net. Um, so I think, you know, you can split the blame between the two of them, but I think Robles comes out worse. We end up, uh, coming back and we, we had, we had the, um, I'd say the majority of the, the play from there on out, um, as Montreal really didn't need to score much more. We needed to score three at that point. We started peppering balls from the outside. A lot of set pieces actually, um, we had a couple set pieces where uh, our defenders missed point blank. Um, Paranel had a, a shot off a free kick that went way wide. Uh, Colin doesn't get enough on a header. Bradley uh, then misses a ball that was headed on to him. If our defenders can't score goals, why even keep them? <laughs> yeah, honestly. Well, wait, was it, uh, was, wasn't it? Was Kim Jong-un or something <laughs> wondering why his goalkeeper hadn't? No, it wasn't Kim Jong-un. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm racist. I think it was it was oh, it was no it was the Chinese owner of of Cardiff City who was questioning why their right back wasn't scoring enough goals. <laughs> ah, I've been revealed. It's only a week into this new America, and I'm already <coughs> you're fitting you're fitting right in. I'm sorry. Anyway, we we eventually score again. Uh, uh, Daniel Royer, uh, who had subbed in in the second half. Um, does a nice bit of work, a give-and-go, chip ball over the top, and then he shuffles it or, or squares it back to Bradley, who has enough time to take a touch and get it solid enough contact to get a, uh, a goal. Go, deflects Bet- off enough Between goal. Evan Bush's legs, too. Uh, yeah, maybe. It, it, it touched a couple people, but the fact of the matter is that if you give Bradley Wright Phillips or any striker enough time to take a full touch, turn, and shoot eight yards out, you know, you deserve every bit of that goal that Except you gave for up. me. <laughs> yeah. So it's 1-1 at that point. Um Kind of just a continued profligacy uh, of the Red Bulls creating kind of half chances, not converting on any of them until eventually, uh, you know, we're pushing forward and Montreal breaks. Didier Drogba has entered the game. He uh, gets the ball basically at the at the top of the arc um, and holds it up just for the perfect amount of time and shuffles it over to Piatti, who then nutmegs Robles for Montreal to go up 2-1 in the 84th minute which I, I think is a real veteran move um and he wouldn't have been able to do that yeah. without the experience he had yeah he knew exactly where piotti was he waited just the perfect amount of time and really that was it at that point it's 3-1 on aggregate um you know once we got to the 90th minute it was it was torturous because you're given four minutes of stoppage time which is enough to be like okay yeah we you know maybe but what we needed three goals at that point <laughs> Um, so it was, it was kind of a dreaded worst case scenario, uh, as far as the actual literal timing came out. Um, but overall, I mean, it it was a game where, um, you know, it, it never really quite felt like we were going to finish our chances to me. Um, there was just a pervading sense Mm. of, of meh all over it. And then that's how it ends. The Red Bull season ends, uh, with a pretty resounding whimper. Um, it wasn't a dramatic uh, collapse. It wasn't even like last year against Columbus where we, we hit the post at the last minute, just anticlimactic all the way around. Uh, so how are you How are you guys feeling at the end of this 2016 season? At least we didn't lose 7-0. Well, we'll get to that later. Let's, 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 let's talk about us right now. I think that, but you, you kind of you, you opened up 
very accurately when you said that you know this is the season where we we felt like you know uh, based on last year where we had this amazing regular season and a very weak playoffs or at least an unsatisfactory playoffs this is going to be the year where you know maybe we didn't score as we didn't get we didn't get as many points in the regular season and then we have a deeper playoff run so i yep. think this just surprised me so much it was just both games i mean i you know the first game at Montreal, you know, one nothing, not terrible. We only give up one good chance, and uh, that that goal, Mancosi's goal, was was just dope. And and this is nothing you can do about that, but like uh, this game <clears throat> for the, the the entire ninety minutes was a letdown. And as soon as Sasha missed that PK, you know, it, it just it felt like yeah. It just a sinking feeling where you know here we go again. You know we're gonna you know, we're gonna exit out of the playoffs early, and 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 you know I I think that was really for me that was the point where where everything kind of just truly fell apart. So, yeah, I gotta uh, agree with you there. I I, I mean I I think once Sasha lost the PK, if, if he won the PK, I think it would have been a totally different game. Um, and obviously because you scored a goal early. Um, I think we lost a little bit of energy, especially because Sasha was out for what ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, can we can we talk about that for a sec? Because I feel like you know I feel like some people have, but but um, that was that kind of that was wild. I mean, so he misses the penalty, bloody nose, out for ten minutes. So we're playing... no card on that play, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He, he broke his nose, I think, in yeah, three spots. Yeah, he did. In two, yeah, yeah, three two spots. Good. Yeah two or three and, and it, it's it's wild that i mean he was out for so long and they couldn't get it to stop i mean it, it first of all how would it, how does it take 10 minutes to not plug up a nose I, like well, like i feel like it should just take like 90 seconds on like a very well-paid medical staff uh maybe i'm wrong i could be wrong i'm probably wrong but not but, like, a glowing at, endorsement for the hospital for special surgery is it <laughs> yeah Fuck. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> Jesus, it, it was really not not great. Um, yeah, if you get your nose and, and, broken, do not go to Hackensack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hackensack is just filled with luck. children with perpetually bleeding noses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, it was. It was a. I think I tweeted at the game that this is a metro possibility that we had not considered, but in hindsight, is very obvious that this is going to happen. It was. It was torturous because he was out for ten minutes. So we're down a man, we're down our most important player, but the entire time it he's not injured enough where you can make a decision like okay, we need to make a sub. The entire time we're kind of on a holding pattern on the field and then, you know, even is there a certain point where we would have decided to sub him out? No, it was a broken nose. It was totally frustrating. It it kind of threw us off that first half. It was the first half, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was it was what the twenty the twenty sixth to like the thirty sixth minute or something like that, and I feel like it really kind of killed any momentum that we would have had going forward at all. Um, we couldn't put anybody in front of the ball. I feel like we had we had ten men behind the ball uh, the entire time that we were playing down down. You know, and and that's makes sense at at the time, but we couldn't really attack and we couldn't really put any more pressure on, on Montreal, especially after they had conceded that penalty because they didn't look super hot. They didn't look as good defensively as they did the first game. So I feel like that would have made a difference. But I guess one question that I at least thought of was that um, if maybe it went a few minutes longer, I think like, you know, uh, in Jesse's mind, you assume that, it, you know, the worst case scenario is five minutes. And after five minutes goes, you, you've already wasted five minutes. So it becomes a sunk cost. Yeah. Uh, and you just, you're going to wait it out, you know, and, 
it's kind of tough to make a decision. But if it, if it had lasted a little longer and it was somebody else who was less significant, I mean, in, or less of a, a game, you know, game changer. So say it was like uh, Dax or, or Felipe. Like you know, a, who got hurt. one of the fullbacks or something. Yeah. How, how, what's the time limit, the absolute limit, you know, you'd hold out before making that sub? Well, I feel like Jesse's a Princeton man, so he probably knows what the sunk cost fallacy is. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't think... This is such a weird position because Sasha was very clearly able to play. Right. It's just, you know, you, you can't be bleeding on the field. It's a very <laughs> cut-and-dry rule. Right. And uh, it, it, it totally set the tone of us kind of just waiting for the game to actually start and then remembering that the game was going on because that's when montreal looked most dangerous right but i mean i think it's an interesting question though because I, I think if it is a less important player um then we make that call much earlier um, but who's a less important player i mean yeah, we I mean, a winger that's guess, the only person i, guess I take i off. could see in an alternate universe where connor Lade is still healthy <laughs> i could see you know if one of our defenders gets hurt and he's off the field for that long jesse's saying fuck it and throwing connor mm-hmm. on Sure, or yeah. like, or like, if if Mike Grella got a bloody nose. Like, oh yeah, like one of Rolling. He's, he's, he's yeah. an expend. He's an expendable player. It, it, it's something you know. We have uh, an adequate backup that could replace. You know, could potentially replace one of the starting eleven. So yeah, but Jeez, Sasha, Sasha is just the worst case scenario for that. For for all of those boxes, Kashan Davis is good, but he's not. You know, he's not the most ch- ch- chances created in the league. Good. Right. And, yeah, and it also it, it, probably dictates a change of shape where if you throw Davis in there, I, I, I'm pretty confident that Jesse would actually move Felipe, Felipe up, up rather yeah. than Davis up. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, Sasha comes back in and, and I thought that he'd be shaken up for the entire game. Uh, but it, right before the half, he had that one shot off. Of, it was maybe a foot, a foot too right. far wide. Uh, He's going far. No, close. it was just curving the wrong way. Yeah, it did look like he hit it about right in the middle of his foot, and then it, it kind of peeled out. I think he meant to curl it in, in yeah. Yeah, uh, it was really close. I mean, the, the you know, and, and that and that's probably why he didn't get taken off permanently, because he's he's the type of guy who create who could make that type of chance, and the, it's something that Davis, you know, while he is talented, probably can't do this season. Right, but the, also the problem is that Sasha couldn't breathe out of his nose for you know the entire game. That's that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, if, once you're at that point of physical exhaustion, you're, uh, exhaustion, you're probably breathing out of your mouth for most of it. Yeah. But but still, it's 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 also just a really big inconvenience, and it definitely distracts you. if right. not, you know, just right. bothers you mm-hmm. the yeah. entire time. All right. So goat and woat. We'll start with with goat. It's. I mean, <laughs> you know, as we've said, it's it's been a week since the game, but. Uh, I don't know, Peter. Do you have a goat? I'll I'll give it to um I'll give it to Bradley, yeah. just because you know he scored <laughs> when we needed to score. Yeah, and even the you know <laughs> he the the high profile chance that he missed I think was was kind of forgivable almost on the yeah. headed on ball to the far post because right, that was still a hard like, um, header. You he, to control he, it. he was already moving yeah. as well too. He didn't. It's not like he could have waited up. Um, he just had to aim for the the top <coughs> net, which is really hard anyway. Yeah, because it was so high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sam. Um, 
I don't know. I uh, I don't want to give it to Bradley. I feel like that's <laughs> that, that that's like my cop out usually is that yeah. if I don't really have a unique performance, it's just whoever. It's usually Bradley if he scores. Um, <laughs> but 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 like but like Bradley also like he missed a lot of chances and uh, you know la- he missed a couple really big ones last week and and I feel like he could have played a little better today as well. Oh, not today. You know, last game as well. But. I'll give it to Gonzalo. I thought he had a good game. I thought he played well. I thought drawing the penalty was super important, and you expect your best player on your team, hands down, Sasha Question, to make a penalty like that. Uh, and and you know, being able to create those chances and provide that offense, offensive firepower is super important. And I and you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but you know, I, I would love love it if we. You know, we saw more of him next year. Uh, we, we we have him on contract for next year. Um, and, and I like to see our system sort of, you know, adapt to something that, you know, maybe Leipzig or RB2 plays uh, where we get a little more firepower from, from players like, uh, you know, players like uh, Gonzalo. So I thought he had a good mm-hmm. game. Jesse says he's high on Gonzalo. So, yeah, I, I'm going to give it to Royer, um, even though he's only a sub. I thought that beyond his literal assist, I think his contribution was visible. Um, I think it's a shame that he couldn't start this game. Um, but, you know, at this at this point... I don't blame Jesse for Oh, yeah, time. yeah, I, I don't blame him either. He, I think he, you know, knew far better than we did. Um, you know, going into the playoffs, I was saying, oh, it could be, it could be a great advantage that, you know, Royer would be uh, fresh to really go at it and could be a difference maker... Um, and I think what we saw of him in 30 minutes uh, <laughs> suggested that that could have been the case or would have totally been the case. We just didn't have enough yeah. time of, with him. Um, all right, let's do a vote. Uh, Sam, we can start with you this time. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I think at this point it's only between two players, but, um, look, if you, like, I'm going to give it to Sasha, and it's because, uh, you know, that penalty kick would have changed the game, would have changed the series, and we probably would be in the playoffs because I, th- I feel like we're a very mental team, and being able to score early and score in the first half would have really kind of lit a fire mm-hmm. under the rest of the team, and we I think we would have scored, you know, if we scored one in the first half, we would have scored at least two or three in the game, uh, in my opinion, and it would have all started from that penalty, and you got to sink that. It's just that, you know, it, it just it, it changes the game entirely. Uh, mm-hmm. it's a shame. So, you know, I, and in any other circumstance, you know, I, I wouldn't really give it to, to, to Sasha for that, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to do that today. But yeah. I don't know. It was, it was really shitty. Yeah, well, it wasn't a great <laughs> penalty. Yeah, I, I just looked at it again, and I actually had more pace than I thought, but, gosh, I feel like you got you got to get that down. Lower or higher, yeah. If he gets it down, then I think no no problem. But if he puts it in the top corner, he doesn't get it either. Uh, I mean, getting getting it low is is better than getting it oh, top yeah. corner, though. Um, Either way, I mean, yeah. yeah. Pages. Um, I was gonna originally say Dax, um, but I think that Dax was really great once we started going down. I thought he um, when we were down in the score. You know? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I I think that kind of. Um, heart and um that kind of play because he was just kind of precise when when he needed to be um but i i think i'm gonna have to say that it goes to sasha also because not because of the penalty kick but also just the time that he he took five minutes and I, i think that there's a bit of selfishness to believing that he um 
maybe maybe he thinks he's a little bit better or uh, I, I don't know I, I think he just you know he didn't let jesse sub him off oh i couldn't disagree more also we don't know that jesse even would have wanted to i don't think he would have wanted to i yeah i disagree i mean i i think he took too much time though it's so much time what i mean what do you mean his no he doesn't control how much his nose bleeds right but well, i mean are you that right. good of a player where missing five minutes of yes. you is that <laughs> yes like, I wouldn't like you, if I wouldn't say so as a player. Like we no matter were, how good you are. Also, that's if not you're even, messy. If he, like no, he is not even the one making that decision. Well, also it was it was more than five minutes, right? Wasn't it closer to ten? I thought it was. I, only, it felt more like ten. I thought it was only four. Imminently, well, it checkable. felt like an eternity. But, yeah, but I, I think it was. I think it was something like I thought it was closer to ten than it was to five. But either way, I, I also think that Jesse probably had a bigger say in it than Sasha. Oh and yeah. I think he. I think he and Sasha are on the same page, and you know you can hear them echoing each other's statements all the time. Uh, you know, in the locker room and to the press, and and I think that they have a good understanding of each other, uh, especially to the point where I think that you know if 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 Jesse thought that there was a scenario where this just wasn't worth it and playing down a man for that long was going to just change the game entirely. Then he would have put, you know, he would have put Davis on in a heartbeat. But yeah. but I think that he really trusted in, in Sasha's ability to come up, come up with something in the next, you know, 60, 55 minutes of play. It was just a really tough position for everybody to be yeah. in. Yeah, I, I think that that's absolutely not the um, player's call anyway. But I will say that, you know, Sasha, Sasha was did miss the penalty and was lacking otherwise. So on the whole, not a terrible pick. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Luis Robles, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that first goal is... Uh, <sighs> got a hand on it. I, what, you, you keep saying that. What is it? What is it that that I mean, makes it, it almost worse. That, that he was in position. I mean, no, I he was demonstrably not in position. He was falling the other way. And the fact that he got a hand on it shows how he was already in position if he just stood still and that he was guessing to the far post for for no reason and i mean he, it, i i think it's a savable ball but I, I i don't i mean i don't discredit him for not making that save it's a hard save still no it's not it's right at him and he's already if he has an, a lot of pace already, on it a lot of spin on it i mean and it's the going, fact that it hit his hand and went back into the goal um just shows that there was if, a lot he, of, if he had stood there not even moved it would he would have hit him and been saved entirely. I think the fact that it has hit his hit his hand is an indictment rather than credit to him. See, I, I mean, I trust Robles because after the game he said that he thought he'd actually made the save um, before he saw it, that it went in. You know, so I, okay, I, so I again, think it's that, a good shot more than it is a bad save. No, it's a shot that's shot ex- straight at him, and if not for Robles's own decision to be going a completely random direction. Uh, he would have been there to save it, and he was not. Nobody forced Robles to go the wrong direction except for Robles. And the fact that he got a hand there shows that how his positioning saveable... was good. No, it shows that his positioning he was there was... for it. And then he abandoned that horrible position, uh, that good positioning. Well, he's by going his outside because Duval is pushing him out wide, right? And he's covering more more of the angles going out. But he didn't even wait till the shot was going. He he tried to cheat, and Piatti took advantage of him entirely. The fact that it hit his hand. Uh, and still went in means that means that it's a good no, shot. No, means that he had weak wrists and that he abandoned his good uh, position. I mean, I, well, look, I think that if if he uh, if if he actually had went the right way, he probably would have had two hands on that ball because it was yeah. right above him, and, and and that would have been the sign that he would have stopped. I mean, it. I think if he had hands, he would have been able to push it over the bar. Yeah, but I the fact that he hit it with the, the right... op- 
the fact that he hit it with open hands and it still went in, I think there was just a, a certain way that the ball was shot with, where there's enough spin no, there that, and pace sh- that it went in. No, regardless. there are plenty of shots every week in Major League Soccer that are hit just that hard, but the goalie catches them. That was even a catchable ball. The only uh, fact he was that really it, close, he was closer than you think he was. No, that the fact that that is a, that is a blockable or a savable shot, and the fact that Robles is diving and looking dramatic might make it look more like a, a dramatic shot. But it's a classic case of um, you know being better would look less dramatic and it would look like yeah. a more routine save. Mm, I still think you're not giving Piotti enough credit for the shot. For shooting straight at Robles and Robles is bailing out early. Okay. I mean, he hit to, it hard me, with 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 straight on it. at him. And it goes to, in anyway. So for for me, I mean, when I so when I when I started the whoa, I mean, I I had alluded to there being two players and it was Sasha and Luis that were were, were mine that were in for you know in in contention. And and for me it was just two made a bigger mistake and and because i think both were mistakes i think both can be you know you can give credit to you can give credit to evan bush for guessing the right way and being in the right place to be able to make a save you know even if there was a better shot and 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 to some extent you can give piatti credit for having a really powerful uh you know putting a lot of pace on that ball uh, and being able to to you know fire it right at Luis so quickly but but I think both you know in both cases I think Luis should have been ex- should have executed that save better and we should expect a little more from him especially you know somebody who was goalkeeper of the year last year and runner up uh, for goalkeeper of the year yeah. uh, this year it just it's something that you know I I think that if we have had lower standards for Luis, then that would have been acceptable. But yeah, I think that we. I, have I would say that was Josh. Higher standards for him, and if, yeah, right, exactly. Josh Saunders. Asked. No, Josh it, Saunders. it was much too powerful to be a shot that Josh Saunders couldn't. No, nope. nope. That <laughs> that true. is this is a classic I, example I, of if Josh Saunders had made that save, everyone would go, "Oh my god!" Well, okay, not this year. Last year, last year, Josh Saunders makes that save and it goes slightly off the bar, and everyone goes, "Oh, how dramatic! What a great save!" It's like no, if he wasn't a. You know, if he wasn't useless in the first place, it would have looked routine and boring. Well, I mean, I think that the loss of this specific game was more due to the midfielders than it was due to our defense or our oh, going go, when you're when you're on the front foot in the 50th minute and all you need to score is one to put it even, and then giving up a, a total gaff of a goal like that is is was killer. It moved us from, I mean, to state the very obvious, it moved us from only needing one to, to scoring three in, in 40 minutes. But there were like five killer. chances before that we should have sank. And and honestly, um, it was what, just the back line at that point? Like, how did the counterattack get to be only Colin and Duval? I mean, sure. Look, the the back line did not cover itself in glory. Duval, as I said at the top, did not cover him, cover himself in glory. But at least Duval pushed the. No, no, Piatti I'm blaming outwards. Dax and Felipe for not being there either. Yeah, I mean, or any of our wingers. Like, I mean, you you can you know drain the chain of causality outwards pretty far, but at the end of the day, the the link that broke most embarrassingly was definitely Luis having a, a weak wrist and bailing out early on that shot. I mean, I disagree, but. Okay, so that that's goat and woat, um, and and that's that's the season of goats and woats. Um, we're gonna Gosh. do we're gonna do another we're gonna tally them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna do another uh, off season episode, uh, a more a more thorough recollection or a review of the season, and we'll we'll, all this stuff away. we'll tally um, the the total goats and woats for the season. I guess if you want to. Uh, <laughs> if you want to, you, you can guess probably what our, our top goats and top woats were. Um, I might, we'll probably do that ne- next week ourselves, but if you want to tweet at us what you think our top goats and woats were, we'll definitely take those uh, guesses. 
Um, How is it not going to be Salsis though? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, it could be, be Kamar, or then Bradley might sneak up there. Might Bradley, might Bradley, might Bradley win? <laughs> Sam, might Bradley win the the elusive double goat vote? <laughs> um, all right, we should so, find out who got nominated for both the most. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I guess um, for the remainder of this first segment, um, I, I I just want to talk about the question of you know what is this is this season a success? Uh, I I. Uh, during the game, tweeted from the account that you know it, it's kind of hard for me to to say so at all because as, as Sam was saying earlier, um, you know all season we'd kind of been saying even from episode one been saying you know I could see us not winning the shield this year, but the team seems really focused on that playoff run and I mm-hmm. could see us finally getting it done in the playoffs. You know, kind of sacrificing the regular season a little bit, and that was the logic through every one of these draws, and it was wishful thinking. You know, even at the time, we were we were probably a little hesitant to to admit it, but it was wishful thinking then, and now it just looks pure fanciful now because now all those draws are especially for nothing, and and it didn't come to be. We did not get the job done in the playoffs, and and what do we have to show for How it this year? How much did we give up in the regular season, though? We still came up first in the East. Yeah, but look, only, even if you just look at the last month of the playoffs, I mean, we we everyone knows us. Everyone in Rebels. The rebel sphere knows this already. If if we didn't give up that uh, those points against DC and Toronto alone, we win the shield. Yeah. Right? Or is it one more game? Um, I think we need what four five points. Five points? Yeah. All right. So and then tack on, you know, if we beat Chicago instead of drawing them away, yeah. um, you know, it just make all makes all those draws especially hollow. I mean, I guess. But how how great would the shield feel anyway? That's what it we're talking about. It would feel about. a hell of a lot better than right now. It would feel some sort of sense of accomplishment. I mean, I, mean, I think this is this. I think you could say this is, says something about Major League Soccer in general as well, where where we've had a good season that totally does not show up discreet uh, anywhere on on the the record sheets or in the trophy cabinet. See, I mean, I disagree. I think from the beginning of the season, I, the, the I, well at the beginning of the season, I think I said that it would be a successful season if we made Concacaf. And I mean, uh, I think the fact that we we came first in the East and qualified for CCL again. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's a successful season. I don't I don't have any problems with the season. I mean, it's just. What do you mean you don't have any problems with the season? We like lost we in the first well. round of the playoffs again. Yeah, but we played well, and you know the playoffs are the playoffs. It's a crapshoot. Like, how, what do you expect? Okay, we played well, but we didn't win. Okay, if you're gonna write off the playoffs as a crapshoot, then you have to weigh the regular <laughs> season as well. So you can't write off both. Right. No, but we did well in the regular season. We just didn't do the best. That's the thing. We did okay, well. Okay, but a team that's been doing this well since 2011, since how many 2010. Ti- how many times have they qualified for CONCACAF Champions League since then? Three times now? Three times. But that, it, this is not Europe, all right? The, the prestige of Champions League is not the same. I will say, okay, the two accomplishments this season, the two discrete accomplishments this season are <laughs> advancing out of the group stage... Uh, for the current Champions League iteration and then qualifying for next year's, which which is nice. But that's as about as far as I'll say for it. Nice. For a team that, that won the Shield two out of the last three years, a team that has been expecting uh, to really break through and, and go where they haven't before, and a team that's clearly in win-now mode, for them to not win the MLS Cup, to me, is Are definitely... Are we in win-now mode, though? Yes, definitely. 100%. I think we're still... Every time we sign someone, it's for the future. Royer... 
Bar. Mm, Royer's a 26-year-old The only The, the only win-now signing we had was Colin. Uh, no, I'd say Sasha Kleston was a win-now signing. Uh, in re- 2000... Uh, last year, just last year. 14, yeah. Yeah, but, that's still now. But I don't think that's a win-now signing. That was totally for is. the system. No, so, 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 Sasha Kleston is a win-now signing. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips, re-upping his contract and keeping on is a win-now signing. Gonzalo Verón is, is both. I mean, that's the beauty of the way... Or, or maybe not beauty, but that that's the good part of the way that Curtis and Marsh are building the team is that they're trying to find a mix of both. But the expectation for this team is 100% to right. win as soon as possible. This is not, you know, the Chicago Fire where we're trying hmm. to do a whole rebuild. This is not even the Colorado Rapids. But, I mean, I think, I, I, have a, I, have a, I, I think that the expectation of the New York Red Bulls community is much higher um, than what it should be. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think this is a successful season because we're still, you know, a proven elite team in MLS. Sam, what do you think? Well, I mean, it, I don't know. To, I mean, just in a very basic level, it, when your expectations are set at a certain point and they are not met by the reality of, you know, the season, then I it's considered a failure. I mean, that's just objectively a failure and, and so I, I mean i would consider but it's unreasonable season. to have mls cup be your expectation no, every season no so your expectation here's, here's, here's the thing goal. i think that i think that the expectation amongst the fan base was to win the mls cup i think the expectation amongst the players was to win the mls cup they've said as the much explicitly against, uh, many with, times you know i think the Ali, goal curtis i think that the expectation for ali curtis and jesse marsh Having gotten so close to getting to the MLS Cup, it, 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 the obvious expectation is that the team is good enough, uh, based on last year's performance, being able to hold out key players, add new ones, and be able to you know adjust to a very volatile beginning of the season. The expectation is to be able to you know last until the Cup. It's to be able to go just one step farther than we had gone last year. Yep. And I think that we could have and we really should have. Yep. And the fact that we didn't is objectively a disappointment. But I don't understand why the expectation didn't go down when we went one and six. It should uh, have. It did. No, I well, mean, listen. No, listen, I, we it, were it, we it, were really mad when we were one and six because we expected to be better. The expectation I think was constant. But but expectations change as seasons progress for every team, like SKC, for like mm-hmm. like you know, the, SKC fans would still tell you that they're a disappointment based on what they expect. But it should never year. be the expectation that you win MLS Cup. It should be the goal. Uh, that is a that is a totally meaningless hair that you're no, no, there. No, the expectation ex, the expectation means that that there's a, a good chance that we're gonna win it every year, and that's not true ever. Uh, the MLS I mean, Cup, sure the way that is. the playoffs are set up, no, there's no team that can consistently do well in that format. I mean, the LA Galaxy would beg to differ, but um, but how long did it take them to win? Two, right? I mean, but they've won a quarter of them total now. But okay, point is, okay, I think you're really splitting hairs here. And that if you, you know, if you run the math and you run the expected wins ratio over the entire season, and then the whole thing, you know, five thirty eight does that whole thing with with uh, total chance of winning the playoffs. Um, and the highest percent chance is what, like twenty percent or something? Okay, it's comparative. It's relative. You can still, you know. Even if your highest chance of winning the most favored team, the Cubs, I think, the most favored team with 24%, I think, at the beginning of the season, if they have the highest 
expected chance of winning it, then you could say that you expect it still. It's relative. It doesn't mean that you think, oh, uh, I, I expect a 90% of all scenarios that we're going to win it. No, but you don't go to a craps table and expect to win. But we're not at a craps table. But that's we're where the fans. playoffs are. No, but we're fans expecting the best out of our team just as Look, anyone expect the best out of anything they care about. At, at this point, I, I feel like the, the I feel like most people, uh, either listening or in general, just when they think of expectation, they think they think of goals. They think of one and the same. Yeah. I think that we can we can argue the difference here, but we're it's really doing nobody any good uh, to just kind of uh, to as Britt had stated, split hairs. Just because at this point, well, I mean, I know, just think there's a bit of an arrogance um, to to expect to win the MLS Cup. I, I think that kind of entitlement. The reason we're here is because we're passionate. And we care about the team, and we think they're good. But I don't think we're respecting well, no, I mean, the the, even, the highest has, trophy that we're aiming for. Look, I mean, even even as an right? even as an as an athlete, I mean, even as an athlete in any sport, you should expect if you put in enough work and you have the the ability to uh, to to you know last the season. You know, I mean, I'm alluding back to when I used to run uh, in cro- cross country. I mean, like the beginning of the year, you have certain goals set up for yourself. No matter what, how the beginning of the year starts, you still have the confidence and the expectation that if you put in the work, you'll be able to actually, you know, uh, attain the goals that you'd set for yourself at the beginning of the season. And that's the expectation. And I right. think it's really the same thing. And, and it's just, and I think the sure, same but thing us as fans, applied. no, like, I, I'm I'm saying that at, that the I mean, I, this could apply to both. I mean, I'm not sure who you're talking about, either fans or athletes, but I think it can apply to both in this case. But it try- can apply. To the fans, it can apply to Peaches, the, if this the were, team, too. But why should us as fans expect MLS Cup every year? That's, because that's, that's what being arrogant. a fan is. You don't expect the Texans to win the Super Bowl every year, do you? Uh... There's a chance, no. but you don't. Ex- that's not their expectation. When, when, when they went 12 and four one year, I expected them to compete for the Super Bowl in the next, and then they didn't get close at all. They went two and 14, and that was a total failure. But what you hope for is a deep playoff run. You, I mean, even the, yeah, the expectation and we should not be the prize. Otherwise, you'd never make it, and that's not a place to judge your performance on. Well, no, well, it totally is a place to judge your performance on. That's the whole point of sports: is whether you win or not. That's what you judge your performance. But if on. the one time you win is the only success you have, what about the other? You know, you, you have other victories like failures. we did. We had a good season this season. We came in first in the East. Still a failure. We, con- we qualified for CONCACAF. The fact that we We expect- had the most goals scored out of any team. I mean, we had a good team. Where the we- fact that we expect MLS Cup is evidence of how good this team is and how elite the team is. And the if fact gonna- that... But no matter how elite the team is, I don't think you should expect them to win. If we're gonna if we're gonna no, use football if, if you're gonna use football analogies, I think another appropriate one that would kind of help our argument is you know I mean as, as much as I hate New England fans, if you're a Patriots fan and and you see the team performing really really well in the regular season for a few years, your expectation you know the next season is that you're gonna do really well. You're, you're gonna finish first in the AFC yep. East, and you're probably gonna have the best record in your conference. But you're also expecting to win the Super Bowl or at least get to the Super Bowl. And if you don't do that, and that's that what, that's what I, mean, I don't elite, think that's what an elite team culture is. But the Patriots, is. if they exactly. make it to the that's, Super Bowl and what, lose, they don't the consider between, that a, a failed season. Yeah, they do. Eighteen and one was a failed season for them. I, I guarantee you, ask any, so. ask any Pats season. fan, and I think it, it was a failed if, season. It, I think they'll say this that it the was a good season. This is the difference between Real Madrid and Arsenal. This is the difference between the LA Galaxy and, hell, us. Or, I mean, not us, because I'm arguing that we've moved beyond that. But that's the difference between the LA Galaxy and how the, the San Jose Earthquakes. But here's the thing. Are we an elite team if we never won the whole thing, then? No, we're not. But we want to be. 
And that our expectation is that we are going well, why to break we should, Why should that. we have an expectation of an elite team if we're not one? Because we know we can. We see through the regular season. But we're not one, right? I know, but we want to be. So we, we but see we through the regular season. But we can't set our expectations the same if, if we're not that team. We're being aspirational. Peaches, if, if, if being a fan is to be aspirational with some sort of basis. Okay, you know what? I'm going to cut this off. Wait, hold on. You're not making do sense. I want to be a Giants fan? Like, do I want the Giants to win the Super Bowl? Yes. Do I expect them to win the Super Bowl every season, even if they did well last season? No. That's it. You're not, okay, you're not making sense. So, um, 2016 season, we, uh, on the record, okay, but in Sam and I's opinion, a failure in Peaches' opinion. Um, there is no difference between or, or expectations and failures are uh, different, and words have no meaning, and we're in a postmodernist hellscape. So, um, how did you know? <laughs> yeah. Aww. <laughs> um. Well, we we ran long for that. Yeah. All right. So join <laughs> us. Join us for segment two. We're going to talk the other the other playoff results, um, and and other uh, MLS and U.S. soccer rumblings. Since November 6th. I hope my legendary style of rap lives on. Affixed to the earth like my feet, they got cleats on. Moving back whenever that was never the plan. Pushing shit along, render stillness in the quicksand. Asphalt, junky, lyrical, concrete. My Jedi mind be moving me throughout the many dark streets. Backwards, boondocks, whatever terrain. Avidas ain't aloha, man, our feet ain't the same. I wanna do see shoes, these shits ain't made for reversing and trudging through these motherfuckers first. Album footprint never ever goes. Written yo shit, free bitten, grab my shit with both hands. Iron grip, steel mitten, bloviated, cherobiated, and now it's gone. Close mouths don't get fed or move ahead to my hustlers with customers. Scammer chicks is being petty. Trap lords with the Fetty, don't be no backwards. No, no backward ass nigga, don't be no backwards. No, no backward ass nigga, don't be no backwards. No, don't do it, nigga. I spun around without a care when I stopped and felt lost. I'm two heels from the top tier. I really want to be boss. I figured it out, figured it out somewhere. Maybe the answer's not up there. Maybe it's on the ground somewhere. When I stopped and felt lost. They want to see my downfall Turn a good day into a downfall Thorns in the crown, heavy cross out there Why they want to see me hanging like a towel somewhere Alright, welcome back to segment 202 We're looking at the other results in the MLS playoffs um, Where uh, we now are in the semifinal stage. By the time you're listening to this, actually one of the semifinals probably have already started. In the Eastern Conference, we have Toronto FC playing Montreal Impact. Montreal, of course, beat us, which we've talked at, about at length. And Toronto FC uh, beat NYCFC by a score of 5-0 to zero at Yankee Stadium for an aggregate score of none other than 7-0. For the leg, Woo, something went right. Meaning we have an all Canadian semifinal. Weird. First time ever. This is what this is the first time both both <laughs> any Canadian team has even gone past this level and even beaten non Canadian teams. I guess that happened against Philly earlier this playoffs, and it happens the same year. And to me, this is this is part of the track. Well, okay, it's 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 part of. Uh, it's slightly mitigating, but it's also slightly tragic. 
because this is a week where we should have been laughing our asses off at them. They got beat 7-0 again in their own house and and by a team that they think they're rivals with. This should have <laughs> been this should have been fantastic and yet we're sitting here on the couch yet again. That being said, it's also fucking hilarious. Still, <laughs> still. But I, I wish we could just ham it up more. It seems so insignificant, though. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think about this tie? About this matchup. Um, Toronto Montreal. You know, I kind of want Toronto to take it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. I see. I don't. I don't really care. Like I, I was this way last year too. I didn't watch MLS Cup last year. Oh no, I I still care. Like I I I, I guess I kind of wanted Portland to beat Columbus because I was pretty salty about Columbus, but um you know in, in this this pretty solidly for me meets the criteria of you know Montreal just beat us. I'm not I don't have beef with Montreal. Yeah. They just beat us, so it's not a rivalry thing. I don't think we'll have a rivalry next year with Montreal. Sam. I agree. Um, I don't know. It's nice to be able to watch this from a very neutral perspective with no, you know, I I have no horse in the race, so to speak. I I don't care. Um, (laughs) There's no reason for me to care. I, uh, my bracket is dead. It's been dead ever since Philly, <laughs> I lost, we did that. <laughs> uh, which is which is my first risk, uh, and then now it's officially dead with uh, with the Red Bulls not being in it. So I'm. I, I did you get it. everything wrong? Well, yeah, because I because I, I I only wanted Philly to win so I could stick it to the world, um, and then I you know obviously didn't. So, uh, but but I uh, this is always a fun matchup. I always love when these two teams play because it's so intense and it's really. I think it's great to have this, you know, uh, have a, a conference final also act as a rivalry, uh, rivalry game, a rival, rivalry series, really. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it, I think it'll be really interesting to see. Um, it's just the it's going to be the firepower of Toronto versus the the counterattack of uh, of, uh, of Montreal. Uh, and you know, I'm not sure what way it's going to go. I mean, at this point, uh, Toronto had the more, uh, you know. Uh, decisive uh, just uh, domination in in the in the semis uh, but Montreal also beat the the two arguably the two teams with the best form looking at just record uh, in uh, going into the playoffs um, in, in DC and, and and in us uh, so you know they've they've already proved quite a bit uh, and and Toronto is arguably you know weaker than those two teams if you look at the regular season but but of course uh looking at the regular season doesn't really mean much uh you know playoffs are a whole different game so so i I, all in all i'm excited it should be a really fun series i'm just kind of curious if the the u.s men's national team games have affected josie or bradley in any way going into this matchup oh yeah well how many days has it been now since the costa rica game how much time are they gonna have a week it's gonna be a week a whole week yeah okay well, yeah, it will be interesting to watch. Um, I think they've sold what fifty five thousand tickets or something for Olympic for, yeah. for the Big O up in Montreal. So you know, from the vaunted uh, neutral standpoint, this is good. Does Drogba um, play on turf? I don't know. I mean, Henri would have in this circumstance. He didn't in New England in similar circumstances. Um, I mean, by the looks of it, Drogba doesn't start anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it, people were joking. I think ahead of time. That given the the quarterfinal matchups, um, 
<laughs> that it just seemed inevitable that we would get one Canadian team and one New York team, but, and it would just be frustrating. But lo and behold, we still we still do have the rivalry in the semifinal. Um, so, so that is nice. I mean, I, so on the other on the other side of the bracket, we have uh, Seattle and Colorado. Colorado, of course, um, prevailing in a penalty shootout, um, which you know, true to the stereotype of Colorado grinding it out, <laughs> they've defeated LA. Uh, and then uh, Seattle, who actually I, I will remember um, their their last game against Dallas actually kind of went exactly as I said it might, mm. um, where Seattle or Dallas scored. It's like okay, we have a glimmer of hope, and then Nicolas Ladero in particular scored in like the fifty sixth minute. Mm-hmm. So it's like oh yeah, it's still like on the face of it, a lot of time left. But no, they're dead in the water. So I think I think Dallas clawed one back, but pff, little too little too late. Uh, newly announced MLS Newcomer of the Year, Nicolas Ladero, seals it for them. So now we have kind of the Western Conference's version of an insurgent um, team in Seattle up against uh, Colorado, who has been consistently at the top of the of the table all year. If at the beginning of the season you you, you heard Seattle was going to make the MLS or the, or the halfway Western through Conference, this season yeah, yeah. rather Western Conference final, yeah. And if last year you heard that Colorado would be the other team, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in the the, com- the complexity of or, or the the complexion of this game has also shifted a little bit too. Where uh, since Clint Dempsey went down with his mm-hmm. irregular heartbeat, uh, Seattle has also been a little bit more of a uh, compact uh, building back. Well, not building from the back, but a compact team right. that uh, picks strategically when to go forward. Um, so there's a chance I think that this game against Colorado could be uh, pretty boring. I have a a weird like this feeling that the East uh, is more quality than the West right now. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I mean, you don't think Toronto is better than Colorado? No, I don't. I definitely don't. I, Sam's I mean, I been think hot it, in Colorado. Yeah, I think weird. I think Toronto's Toronto's much more much. <laughs> obviously, they're the more fun team to watch, uh, but that doesn't necessarily make them the better team. Mm, uh, I feel Colorado. Like Col- Go ahead. Colorado's the type of team that always wins one nothing, uh, or always loses, you know, one nothing. It's just a lot of those games. They, they you know, they did to us uh, very early on in the season. They did it often throughout the season. They did it again uh, uh, with LA, uh, and that's just kind of how they play. You know, um, what is going to be interesting, I think, this time is uh, we'll we'll see how much of an impact Tim Howard really had, uh, considering he's going to be out uh, with surgery right. um, uh, for for the game. Uh, for, the, for for the whole series, yeah, he's going to be out. Um, you know, obviously he was missed on the national team, uh, and you know uh, we'll see what happens uh, um, for for Colorado uh, because he bailed them out in the playoffs he, uh, in the last leg. The, he bailed them out in, the, in penalties, um, and, you know, <laughs> penalties amongst other uh, times throughout the playoffs and the season. Yeah. So so we'll see how much of a, you know, a staple he really is for the team. Uh, I mean, on that same note, uh, I think Jermaine, Jermaine Jones is going to be fully healthy and ready to come back um, unless something has radically changed in the last seven days since uh, uh, the game uh, game at Costa Rica. Mm, that's um, true. But, uh, but that, you know, that could add an extra element to their defense, which is already really good. So I think he's being played uh, as a number 10 at Colorado, which speaks to how offensive they are. 
Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, it's so, 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 I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. You're right. And that's kind of the whole point is that, you know, Toronto's a much more, much, much more interesting team to watch. They have yeah. more firepower. They have more stars. Their, their attackers are amazing. And it's Colorado, Colorado doesn't bring that, but they, they just bring a very, uh, gritty defensive style. See, play, I mean, which, I just think Colorado have more missing pieces than Toronto do. I think Colorado are still missing the offensive firepower to be truly a great team. Yeah, I'm just thinking in the 85th minute, and you need a goal with the break of stalemate. Who's going to score? Uh, Toronto has Sebastian Divinco and Jose Altador, and Colorado has Sebastian Latou. So, I mean, that was a weird comparison because they're not playing each well, other. It would be Marlon Harrison. Or, what, Gashi? Yeah. Well, Gashi does yeah. pull Baji. stuff out of... Gashi did pull something out of nothing. Yeah, that was a remarkable Yeah, exactly. Goal. But, I mean, look, if we're going to talk about missing pieces, we should, we, should really, we should really talk about, I mean, if we're going to talk about missing pieces at all, it, it, to me, it's always been Toronto's defense. I think that's I think they finally been... shored that up, though, in, in the past few games. I think they finally figured out something that works. Yeah, but they've also been playing it, just an out-of-whack, uh, just, just cray, NYCFC team that just, Yeah, you know, NYCFC just, did not put up a fight it, at just, all. Just a mess. And <laughs> Watching their highlights was sad. The only highlight they, all, they had was a Lampard shot from like 40 yards out. <laughs> and also they played against Philly, whose offense is crap. It's just like, a, you know, and they conceded against Philly at, at home. I mean, it's one of it's just one of those things where I feel like they just really haven't been tested in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I think their crowd concerns is concerns about their defense, and I think that they probably will come creep back in when they play a, a competent offensive team. So, mm-hmm. all right, so let's take stabs in the dark at guesses since that's gone so well so far. <laughs> yes, we're really good at it. Uh, um, Pages Western Conference Seattle versus Colorado. Um, uh, total total Seattle fixture Seattle. All right. On on like straight up extra or on away goals extra time. I, I think straight up. I don't think Colorado like they're good defensively, but are they good enough to stop Ladero mm-hmm. and and Morris and apparently Nelson Valdez in the playoffs? Rookie of the year, who's an Jordan entirely Morris. different player in the playoffs. <laughs> that he's finally scored a goal, and that he scored. He's he's been scoring in clutch moments. Yeah, yeah. He was offside, but yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but does it matter? You yeah. would right. That yeah. that's your argument. It doesn't yeah. matter if they don't oh no, it. yeah, it, yeah. It totally doesn't matter. Uh, Sam, Western Conference? Colorado, baby. Uh, I think that... You're wrong. First... Wrong. Oh, fuck. Fuck. Don't fuck yourself. Um, it, it's, um, I think the first leg... I think the first leg, uh, Seattle's going to win. Uh, but Colorado's going to score. It'll be 2-1. Um, and then I think it'll be a classic one nothing shutout at Dick Sporting Good Park or Arena. I don't know what it is. Um and uh, uh, then, you know, Colorado will see a 2-2 series with the tiebreaker on goal differential. Yeah. I'm going to go with Seattle. I think that um, Colorado does – that Pablo Mastroeni and Colorado's coaching staff does not quite have the, the gusto to mark Lodero out of the game that the same way that Montreal did to Sasha or, or similar matchups like that. I think that – um, they're going to go out there and just say, okay, we're going to, you know, do what we do every week and just try to shut down Lodero the same as we would anyone else. And I think they're going to pay for it. So I think, I think I see Seattle getting through. So it's going to be one team that's breaking their, their curse this year. It's not us though. Um, all right. Eastern conference final Canadian showdown. Sam, you can start. Oh, I don't, I don't know. You got to give me some time to think about that one. Pass. <laughs> Pages, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Um, you go. 
Yeah, I mean, this is another one where you can easily imagine both both uh, narratives. The Montreal narrative would be kind of boring though, because or, or just predictable in that it's so easily adaptable. Like, oh, look at the playoffs. <laughs> look at the MLS playoffs. It's just how they are. Anything can happen. A team can get hot. It's just I don't know. A lot of a lot of hindsight rating. Very easy. So I'm I'm still gonna I'm gonna go with Toronto still. Um, I I do think Drew Moore and Bendik are still a solid spine in the back, even though I agree with Sam that they haven't been challenged yet. I still think that they're solid enough. Bradley is in form with playing with them, if not the U.S. team, but he, the USMNT, but he's in form with them. And then I, I can't bet against Giovinco right now. Peaches? Um, see, what I think is going to happen, I think that um, in the first game at Olympic Stadium, uh, I feel like Toronto are going to win 2-1. Um, but I think that Montreal is going to be very motiva- motivated when the Toronto 2-1. As Sam has said, they're not very great at home. Um, until the 92nd minute where Didier Drogba scores and Montreal uh, win. <laughs> terrible. Um, I think uh, I think Montreal will get it. Um, I don't have a, a play-by-play, minute-by-minute analysis. Um, or narrat- narrat- narration that Peaches can provide, but um, uh, I think it'll be. I think they'll win at home two nothing, and then I think uh, they'll draw two two at Toronto um, because Toronto can't shut a team out other than NYCFC at home. So yeah. All right. So then we have that that we have uh, no unanimous decisions across the board. So I guess when we do our off season or our next off season post. We'll preview MLS Cup wherever it may be from. Um, final thoughts. I guess it's it's a grab bag here. Uh, I guess my my thoughts is that we we did avoid the darkest timeline. The darkest timeline, I think, was uh, well. There are two options for the darkest timeline, depending on what you think. Losing to DC or losing to NYCFC. I think as I've said in the past, I particularly dreaded the idea of losing to NYCFC. Yeah, because we've been to DC. We've done that before. Yeah, we know it's a it different feels. form of pain. Yeah, but it's still familiar. Um, we did we did avoid losing NYCFC, so I think there was uh, a little bit of a sigh of relief, uh, which I also accept is a bit of a loser's attitude. Um, but I'm guilty of it nonetheless. Um, but I, I also feel like more broadly that. Um, you know, this year there was just a particular feeling that if they had won this year, if they'd gone all the way, um, and not even beaten us, but just beaten people, and, and we had lost before we even got to play them, that also would have been very metro of us to do. Um, the fact that that didn't happen didn't didn't uh, is a least worst scenario as well. But I think there was still a feeling that this was like the beginning for them. Mm-hmm. That you know, um, you felt amongst their fans that like, oh, last year they were just didn't trying to count. F- yeah, it didn't really count. Christ didn't have his right thing on. Oh, Vieira comes in is is I pretty much thought I forgot that Lampard played last year. I thought he was like a right. this year signing. That you know, this year you know, we don't know yet if Vieira wins MVP, but he probably will. Um, and then you know, Vieira arrives and I think if they had won it this year, the narrative would have still basically been like, Oh, they won it immediately and we still haven't won it. Now I feel like I, I get the sense that the window has closed on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. It may turn out that, you know, by June of next year that they've turned up their their arrogance again and we still have that feeling, maybe. But I do get the sense that, that okay, everyone's calmed down. Everyone realizes the playoffs are hard. Everyone realizes soccer is hard. Like, 
I get this weird Calm feeling. Calm down, boys. I get this weird feeling um, that <laughs> NYCFC are going to have a bit of a hangover next year. Oh, I totally do. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, we can talk about, like, longer projections for for Eastern Conference teams next week. But, yeah, just to... Andoni Nirola is retired. Lampard has announced, his, has announced that he's leaving. Mm-hmm. Well, how funny would it be, though, if they didn't just, just didn't sign a DP and they decided, oh, we're going to go the young route, completely change it up. Like, they just change up the entire system. They'd probably be better. Or they would just not know what to do because, yeah. you know, this is a brand new system in the yeah. brand, like a new season. Speaking of blue team, um, <laughs> there are rumors that, uh, one, Frank Lampard, who, who is leaving... NYCFC will stay in is MLS. still interested in playing in MLS. Combine this with the fact that uh, Giuseppe Rossi of Northern uh, Jersey uh, and the Italian national team, infamously, uh, uh, is rumored to be in talks with NYCFC. Which, while there's never been concrete rumors or real rumors that he's going to sign with us, there have been very rosy public exchanges between the two teams. Because he's a Jersey boy. Yeah. He, we got the Gabagool. Like, who doesn't like the Gabagool? And the brisket and the yeah. mozzarella, you know. So um, I'm now convinced, given the general chaos of this current world, <laughs> that they're going to sign Rossi and, and we're going to sign Lampard. Lampard I, am already, a, I am already resigned to this reality. And Lampard has a 20-goal season with us? No, Lampard will... Off will, the bench. Lampard will do, like, a Mateus-like season. It'll, it'll be, or you know, or a Frank oh. Rost-type season. Wait, what if we pay him Sean Red Phillips numbers, though? Jesus. <laughs> I, I, it's just going to happen. I can tell. But, um, all right. Uh, Robbie Keane has also announced he's leaving the LA Galaxy. To uh, allegedly okay. maybe New England. Wait, really? Yeah. No, and- no, 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 no. That, well, I mean, maybe. But I think the what, 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 what was said was that his ideal team when he came to to MLS was, going to, be New was to play for New England. Really? But I don't think he's, I, I, I don't think he's going to play there now. Well, Robbie Keane is infamous well, first signing with teams and then claiming it was his boyhood dream to sign well, to play with them. Well, if Kai Kamara doesn't get signed and he retires or whatever, then they have a DP spot open up for a striker. That could yeah. also just be because Kai Kamara played like shit this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Also, the Revs have cap space. They're one of those teams that just has cap space. I don't know, Sam. He was pretty good at twerking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he got a yellow card yeah. for that. Did we already talk about that? I can't yeah, remember. Probably. Um, I think so. Yeah. RB2 announced some signings or, or some. Uh, uh, extension today. Bonomo's not back. Bonomo's not Pleva's back. Pleva's not back. Pleva's not back. Metzger's not back. Not yet. Not yet. Not they're yet. Yeah. Weirdly yet, I can remember the guys we did not renew. Velo, we did. Najem got renewed. I was kind of surprised yeah. by that. Uh, when I guess what? Are we going to draft his brother? Or no? He'd be homegrown. Yeah, well, it depends because apparently it's a rocky relationship. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So. Okay. That's what the drama is. Oh, that's one thing that we won this year. RB2 won the USL Cup, obviously. I mean, okay, I don't mean to dismiss that's pretty, their... That's I don't, pretty big. <laughs> I don't mean to dismiss their accomplishments, but, you know, good for them. I was there, but, Bridge. You were, <laughs> I like, wasn't there. I wasn't there. But, uh, we got yeah. to do the whole champion. Yeah. Yeah. So... Derek Etienne had a GoPro. It was fun. He made his, uh, he made his debut for Haiti, didn't he? Yeah. That's good. He's cap-tied. Uh, oh, Jurgen Klinsmann's been fired today. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the rumor is that Bruce Arena is going to replace him. And my rumor is that he's immediately going to call up Dax, Sasha, and Felipe, despite Felipe not being an American. I don't know if uh, Bruce Arena doesn't like Dax particularly. 
I think yeah, it, I was gonna say. I don't know. I guess I mean, the last time Dax played was under Bob. Brady. It would be it would be prime arena though to to call up Laurent Wentz. <laughs> like what? It worked for us. Okay, and like and kind and, of. and, and well, like Mike, Mike McGee, McGee. <laughs> too. He'll be come in in the 85th minute of every game. Yeah. God, I, I wonder if uh, gotta wonder if Arena is gonna actually follow through on not having as many. Uh, foreign-based players in the league. I, I gotta wonder how Arena's gonna play fucking Christian Pulisic. Pulisic? Pulisic? Yeah. Pulisic. Come yeah. on. Do we know if, if he... Is he gonna do both LA and... I don't think so. Weird. His LA contract's up. That's uh, okay. Man. Well... Uh, I think it was overdue that Klinsman got fired. I mean, well, just getting killed. Allegedly, they've been looking for a replacement for a year. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I wonder well, if they're if just... They, if they've been looking for a year, and then they I found they're arena. definitely settling with the Arena. They, they had much, I think they had bigger targets in mind. Well, I think that's sites. just because... And, well, and if, if, if they couldn't find somebody in that year that they were searching, then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's not a great federation. Oh. Um, I think that uh, Bruce Arena is probably a good choice, a safe choice, considering that he knows our players and we're going into World Cup qualifying, so we don't yeah. want to change things up too much. I mean, honestly, um, our federation, while not not in debt, is not you know spectacularly wealthy, um, and it might have been that it took them a year to figure out how to swallow the cost of buying out Klinsman, and that arena was relatively affordable um, and, and close by, like yeah. geographically. <laughs> so, I mean, it could just be a money issue. I mean, I think paying Klinsman so much was ugh, crazy. In the first place, because yeah. it's hamstrung us now. But um, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm very conflicted. But who about else it. is available? I mean, like, who would you even want though as a national team coach? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel very conflicted about the national team right now, in general, because I feel conflicted about the nation in general <laughs> right now. Um, so, are you worth it? Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I for the longest time, I, I always believed in like U.S. soccer as being. A, like a, a productive outlet for like positive patriotism, especially like growing up when uh, you know it, even in, in 2006, it, soccer was so much less cool than and it is now. And then white people found it. And, yeah, and then you know like growing up in Texas and like kind of resenting the whole Bush era patriotism of the time. Like U.S. soccer was this weird thing where you could be like, oh yeah, like I'm into the national team, but like most of the annoying, you know, uh, jingoistic dickheads were still calling you slurs for liking soccer, saying that it was European or like feminine or something. But then it was like, you know what, man, screw you. I found my own thing. Now, 10 years later, they're in the AO section and, you know, probably going to, you know, they did not, to my knowledge, chant build the wall last week. But such things have been heard in the stands, and this is also happening at the same time as president-elect trump and so i'm you know it's it's kind of just a lot at once right now so i'm glad that there are not games until march really well, Britt, there's always a shoulder to cry on Ugh, and it's yeah. it's your girlfriend's not mine <laughs> <laughs> it's okay by march we will have already inaugurated the 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 revolution so um you know i'm just hoping that they have soccer in the gulags well, um, well the good well the good thing is that <laughs> the um <laughs> the the Metro Star fans are going to love the red and black flags of the revolution. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's yeah. Gonna, yeah. Uh, red and black are anti-fascist colors, right? Also fascist colors. 
Yeah, Robin Packard just kind of colors for everything. Yeah. You know, fascist, anti-fascist. United soccer DC, clubs. DC United, Atlanta United, the, the Metro Stars. Yeah. Pick a side, red and black. God. <laughs> The Republicans, but also socialists. <laughs> it's it's this it's this goddamn color ambiguity that has led to our current Weimar-like state in this country. Uh, if only liberals had made up their mind about the color <laughs> red, we wouldn't be here. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, uh, hopefully, there's there's still uh, you soccer. know soccer and like a place to speak to you in just two weeks. We are planning one more end of season or, or season review episode. We are going to uh, do things like tally our goats and wotes. We're going to um, take a look at like oh, we have a couple of fantasy leagues and stuff. We're also going to have um, like end of season awards. We're going to like take our time and write them ahead of time and and dole our, our end of season awards. Some of them are going to be just like standard MVP type things. Some of them are going to be a little bit more off the beaten path. Uh, if you out there have any ideas for, for categories or nominations or, or winners of any award of your choosing, hit us up at viewfrom202 on Twitter. You can also email us, contact at viewfrom202. We're taking open suggestions for you know the weirdest shit you can think of for awards or, or any sort of superlative for the end of the season. And Britt will read it. I will read it. We also welcome any projections about... Um, off-season moves. Next next episode, we're definitely going to be talking off-season moves. Uh, now that it's off-season, it's that time. Warm up the stove and, and that speculation stove as well. Um, so, you know, the name Gonzalo Verón is probably going to be hot. Uh, yeah, I mean, when is the name Gonzalo Verón not on everyone's lips when it comes to acquisitions? Well, we'll see. We'll get there. Okay. Um, so if you think we're going to sign someone, send it our way. If you think we're not going <clears> to <throat> sign someone, if you think there's someone that might get cut that might shock people we also want to know that it's been two years is it the is it the biannual metro clearing house time we'll see curtis said there are going to be a lot of moves did he yeah oh, wow and Man. um you know i th- i like to believe that we're going to outbid city one more time to sign leo messi yeah <laughs> sal it's it's not it's just business. It's not personal. It's just business. <laughs> he's gonna get no, taken. Say, get he's gonna get taken in the expansion because he's draft. Italian and we're in New York and that's the Godfather. It's yeah. He's right. going to Minnesota. Yeah, who knows? Probably. Right. Who cares? All right, signing off thoughts for what? What, what episode is this? It's thirty four. Yeah, thirty three. Thirty three or thirty four. What are numbers anymore? We have no objective reality left. <sighs> um, yeah. Send us any thoughts you may have on on any of our platforms oh we did do the facebook lives as well we didn't get a ton of views but that's to be expected for a first time so give us a like on facebook as well we can continue to produce that content until or otherwise though hey apparently we can do phone calls now too oh that's true sam has successfully called us in uh, <laughs> uh so this is an option moving this forward. is an option moving forward we'll update on that otherwise we will see you guys in like a week or two to give this aforementioned uh wrap up See ya. On lonely nights I start to fade. On lonely nights I start to fade. Her love's a thousand miles away. Her love's a thousand miles away. Memories made in the coldest winter.
Memories made in the coldest winter 